0: It's better to do your dharma imperfectly than to do another man's well. So why should people be out here pretending to be something different, trying to fit into a mold um, when that's not who they were born to be and the life that they were meant to to create? People need to do more introspective work. People need to do more self-work. People need to realize their biases, conscious or unconscious. People need to realize their traumas, people need to realize their privilege. People need to do the work within themselves so they can understand how to interact with the world and the people around them better and more compassionately. And there's no avoiding the fact that at the root of yoga, at the root of all the fancy poses that you wanna do and be in your Lululemon leggings, if you are not kind, if you do not support all different walks of life, all rights for everyone, then you are not practicing yoga and you are not living a yogic life.
1: Welcome to Openly Spoken. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, growth mindset and mindfulness mentor who loves to lead with quantum self-love. In this podcast, you'll get to hear real and unfiltered stories covering topics around spirituality, womanhood, healing, love, relationships, and more. This podcast is for spiritual, ambitious women who want to live a life that they are in love with and who are looking for a more aligned way to do things because the world loves to tell us women what we quote, should be. So think of this podcast and my work as your guide to bring you back home to your truth and what makes you uniquely magical. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at self express babe, where I periodically share video content from the podcast and where my DMS are open for you to connect with me. I'm so grateful that you chose to listen in today. And I invite you now to set an intention, sit back, relax, and receive the transmission coming to you through Openly Spoken. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome to Openly Spoken. My name is Celia. I am your host. And I am so excited to bring you this part two episode with Olivia Beaton. If you didn't watch the first episode that came out yesterday, I highly recommend going in there so you can hear Olivia's coming out story. And we talked a little bit about like yoga philosophy and basically just being a good human being and how that means accepting everyone, no matter their sexual orientation, no matter their gender expression. And In this episode, we get deeper into like politics around, you know, we talk about the don't say gay bill. We just dive deep into a lot of things that are very edgy for me, which I am so grateful to have Olivia on to bring these conversations through because she is very well educated in her opinions, and I love her thoughts and This is going to be, another episode is going to be born out of this. (laughs) You'll see towards the end, we're like, oh, we found a topic that we're going to talk about next time. So you will see Olivia again in the future. Olivia is a gay yoga teacher, a writer, and a photographer living in New York. And in all of her work, storytelling is what's at the forefront. And what she does through the storytelling, she strives to create connection through shared experiences. And you can find her links in the show notes to find her on Instagram, both her personal account and an account that she's working on called Namaste Gay Yoga. And yeah, let's just dive into this episode. And if anything triggers you, great. If anything brings up something that you want to have a deeper discussion about, awesome. Reach out to me on Instagram. Feel free to keep the conversation going. You can also reach out to Olivia as well. Her link is in the show notes. And I thank you for pushing play and let's dive in. I'm really excited to have you back again, Olivia. Yes, I've so spent two days in a row with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think a good place to start with all of the things that we wanted to talk about—that mm-hmm. kind of ties into like who you are and what you do—and mm-hmm. can lead us into all of the political things we want to talk about. <laughs> yes, is to bring up how we talked about it a little bit yesterday but to bring up how in the yoga world yeah. how there's this kind of like lack of inclusivity that goes against what is taught in like the yamas and niyamas and the the limbs of yoga and all of that so yeah, yeah let's let's start there <laughs> let's
0: dive in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think at the very root at the principle of yoga um, are the yamas and yamas. And the very first yama is ahimsa, which means mm-hmm. non-violence. And that's before anything else. That is before any pose, any breath, any meditation, yeah. any enlightenment. So for me, for most yoga teachers, you know, the way that it was, you know, even intended is that all these things, uh, ahimsa, another one is satya, truth they Mm -hmm. all come before the handstands, the inversions, the arm balances. So I take Ahimsa to mean, um, you know, not causing harm, living in a way that doesn't cause harm to yourself, others, and the world around you. Mm -hmm. So that's how you live a yogic life. And people from all ranges of life and different belief systems and whatever it may be, come to yoga and, you can practice yoga without being a yogi. And mm-hmm. if you want to you know, have that, that moinacur, if you want to actually practice the true meaning of yoga on and off the mat, then you have to be a good person. And you have to live in a way that um, it creates love and acceptance and, and joy and understanding To all different types of people, even if you don't understand or you don't agree or whatever, you know, at the base of yoga, and even if you want to get into, you know, Buddhism or Hinduism, um, it's really Uh, just for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, No worries. it's It's really just about people living their most authentic lives, selves, and being happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: When you think about yoga and when you think about, you know, obviously anyone can walk into a yoga studio, a yoga class, a a space, um, a yoga community. Um, But you have to know going in there that this is a space of acceptance and inclusivity. And a lot of people come here to seek solace because there might not be other safe places Mm. out in the world. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of twofold. And, you know, you would like to think, you know, I think often when people come into a yoga space, they think it, they'll be surrounded by like-minded people. And mm. that is true most of the time. Um, but it is also not true some of the time. And it's hard to, to grapple with that and understand how people can come to a yoga studio three days a week and take your class um, but, you know, not believe that you like deserve rights as a human being. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really wild. And and that shows how like a lot of people see yoga as this like exercise that they do to stay in shape or like even in both of our experiences where like yoga studio owners see yoga as like a thing to profit off of in business. And like, so let me treat my my employees a certain way. And like, yeah. Yeah. Insane.
0: It is. (laughs) is And it is, you know, I've had to be super careful and and mindful about where I do teach and who I do collaborate with and who I do spend my, my energy with because I would never want to a put myself, but to be put my students or put practitioners or people that I care about or that trust me in a position where they might be exposed to, uh, you know, discrimination or hatred mm. or ostracization in any type of way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, gosh, just like, it's really insane that like the whole, the whole, like, so for anyone who's listening, who's like, what's yamas and niyamas they are basically kind of like morals or like you can kind of, you can kind of equi- equivalent them to like the 10 commandments in the Bible. Like they're like these like, kind of like rules, That's like, like guidelines, less,
0: like damning and guilt surrounded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> and this
1: is like, this sets the foundation for your perspective on like looking at the world, looking at yourself, looking at like what life is and like how to treat life. And I it think that can go... That sounded. I didn't know if that was you or if that was like someone else's voice. <laughs> There's like something weird going on with the with the internet right now. <laughs> um, but I think that um, beautifully can tie into one of the things that we wanted to talk about, which is the Trevor Project. That it's this resource, yes. this like hotline that LGBTQ youth can call and can get support from. Uh, what would you mm-hmm. like to share about that
0: yeah um so what we see a lot during pride month is something called pride washing mm. and essentially when all these big corporations organiz- organizations brands um like throw a rainbow flag on their logo and yeah. sell like a pride t-shirt and think that they're an ally um but then you know the rest of the year they actually do nothing to benefit lgbtq plus people mm-hmm. um So the Trevor Project is a really great organization that if anyone's like ever looking to like actually looking for a place to donate and support LGBTQ youth or funding or education, um, that is an organization where like 100% of what is donated like gets used to help struggling LGBTQ plus youth. Um, So it's my personal favorite organization um, because I just think it's so important. And, you know, I didn't know about it when I was younger and struggling and um it can often be hard you know even if you have supportive people in your life like even the I even people in my life that I knew that were queer I was still afraid to come out to or to talk about mm. just because it can feel scary to say to someone you know or love or face to face and the Trevor Project is a really great opportunity they have online chats they have phone calls um and it's just a place where even if you're not struggling, you know, mentally, even if you just want to talk about you have questions about being queer or about uh, like queer relationships or sex or um, suggestions on how to make queer friends, you know, the people that work there and the counselors are are queer themselves and trained to kind of um, help facilitate whatever it is that, that the caller is looking for and I think that it's important. And I think that, um, it, their website, their Instagram is always sharing resources and always announcing, you know, different days, like national pronouns day or like lesbian visibility day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just important for people, even if you're not queer, like give them a follow, like be aware, Mm -hmm. educate yourself. Um, because the more educated that we are and the more um, hetero our heteronormative society engages with queer content like that's that's the work and um, you know there is no excuse for for being ignorant to it you know if yeah. if you are a straight uh, cisgendered person um, you know it's part of your responsibility to understand queer culture a little bit
1: yeah especially because like being from that. Uh, part of society where if you're straight cisgendered like you kind of naturally are born with more privilege of like people will listen to what you have to say Mm -hmm. so that's why it's so important for for us all to be allies because we have like just from the bodies we're born into like some of us have more privilege than others so Mm -hmm. use that privilege for something good so I'm going to link uh, the Trevor Project in the show notes for anyone listening. I'll also put their Instagram. Their Instagram has fun um, posts. I like all their drawings. They're really cute.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do have really cute posts and drawings. And it makes it accessible, you know. I think yeah. sometimes... Um, and I struggle with this as a yoga teacher and as a queer person, you know, sometimes not to say like, I'm this really smart person or whatever, but when you're in the community or when you're so passionate about it, you know, sometimes the way that I might talk about yoga, or I might talk about queerness is at the level that I understand it, which Mm. is immensely and highly because I am a part of it. I've experienced it. I've lived it, but the Trevor project does a really great job of making things um, digestible and beginner friendly and for people that might not have as much of knowledge or background. Um, So that's what I really like about it too, that it's, it's not like they're yelling at people. They're not calling people homophobic. It's, it's very calm. It's a very safe place. It's just, it's education and it's, it's educational and it's supportive. And um, whether you are a straight cis person looking to learn more or looking for an organization to support, or you're a queer person uh, or queer youth uh, struggling with with something, or just looking for an ear to listen. Um, there they do really amazing work.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good that that it's so good that we have those resources now. Because that, I don't know if anything like that existed when when you were going through know. your own journey in college. Like, it's all kind of recent and new that all of these resources are out there. So that's amazing. And speaking of education, yeah. <laughs> you probably know what I'm going to bring up.
0: Yes, <laughs> so I'm it's ready. technically
1: called um, the Parental Rights Act in Education or something. Parental Parental yeah, Rights in Education Act. Yeah. Like Florida House for, Bill. 1557.
0: on the podcast um, that can't see my face, my eyes are rolling into the back of my head. <laughs>
1: so it's it's also known as the don't take a bill and what's interesting about like what the piece we brought up about education this like cuts off education in a way of like if children like I know that it's it's saying this thing of like the teachers aren't allowed to talk about their um partners if they're gay or something like that and it's only for like kindergarten to third grade which I find very interesting because as someone who's the oldest of four my I remember my little brother when he was six which is like first grade so that's within that layer that's mm-hmm. the time where they ask so many questions and that if we're Yeah. And if we have these laws where we're like not allowed to talk about certain things, like what, how does that create safety amongst kids who are just curious where you then take their, cause it's very traumatizing for children. If they're curious Mm -hmm. about something and that's met with like this, like, oh, it's bad to be this. Cause then they learn to like hold back their expression on like other topics too.
0: Right. Right. So I think what it first boils down to is it's just so, it's not funny, but it's, it's funny for lack of a better word, how um, the conservatives that are trying to put this law into effect are just so hypocritical because they're the ones that are, they hate censorship. They hate censorship, Mm -hmm. value their freedom of speech, their freedom of religion, their freedom of guns or whatever the hell else that they care about. Um, But they only care about censorship um, when they don't want their kids to be gay. (laughs) Mm. They only care about censorship when it's not, um, it doesn't cater to their straight heteronormative society that they want to form. And so the don't say gay bill, um, a word that conservatives are associating with it, which is just so, so disgusting beyond what I can even put into words. um, They think that educating about queer relationships, queer people, is grooming, uh, which is what the word you use to describe a child predator.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, my gosh.
0: They're saying that, you know, LGBTQ plus people um, are grooming children. And that is so upsetting and disgusting for so many reasons, because whether they agree with it or believe in it or not, you're born queer, you're born how you are. Um, And you know, you can't force someone to be gay any more than you can to force them to be straight. Yeah. And these children, um, whether or not they'll end up as they as they grow up being gay or straight or anything in between, you know, by some kids already know at that age, some, th- some kids are already starting to realize that I, they don't identify with, you know, the gender they were born as, or they don't want to mm-hmm themselves in certain clothes, or they're already starting, you know, they see um a same-sex couple relationship and you know, it resonates something within them. And it's just so upsetting in a place like school that's supposed to be safe, that's supposed to educate you, that um states like Florida are trying to squash that and take it away. And like you said, it creates the narrative that there's something bad, wrong, evil, inappropriate about the topic yeah. and the conservatives. Here's the thing. Queer education information isn't talking about gay sex, right? Like mm. we're not going to these kids and being like, this is how gay people have sex because you don't do that about <laughs> great people either. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, I guess you do point down the line in sex education, which is a, a different topic, but it's like, Kids watch Disney movies where princes and princesses are kissing. Yeah, and they, that's true. They see that maybe their parents are heterosexual and they see mommy and daddy kiss or yeah. they see a picture of their teacher's husband on her desk. And mm-hmm. shortly after this, this bill um, has been going on, there was a teacher in Florida who got fired for talking talking about her pansexuality. Because a student asked her about her partner or something along those lines. In and- Florida? In Florida.
1: Well, the bill isn't even like, I know it passed, but it's supposed to not be effective until July is what I read. So how were they allowed to fire her?
0: <laughs> um, I guess it just, you know, the school, it went against whatever morals, beliefs, laws they they had in yeah. place at the school it's just so upsetting. You know, I, I babysit and nanny and I work with kids a lot. And, um, a month or so ago I was, I was babysitting for a new family and the, the daughter was about maybe six and the son was like 10 and the, my background on my phone is a picture of me and my girlfriend. And so she was like, what's your phone background? And I, I showed her, I was like, that's a picture of me and my girlfriend Mm-hmm. and she kind of looked at me and I was like you know that like like boys can date boys and like girls can date girls and and her and her and the brother like both perked up they're like yeah like we know that like we know someone with two mommies and I was Aww. like yeah like cool like end of discussion." New <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't a big deal they weren't grossed out I wasn't I don't even want to say the word grooming because it like really makes yeah. me want to throw open in my mouth like it's just educating kids that they can be whoever they want to be. They can love whoever they want to love and to be kind to all different types yeah. of people. Um, yeah. You know, in the K through three, so much of what you're learning is social skills and how to interact and how to move through the world and how to share yeah, and all of so these true. things. And why would you not want your kids to learn how to be accepting Yeah, in kind educate them about all the different yeah. types of people and relationships that exist in the world and the answer is because you're homophobic mm. if you do not want that if you think that it is inappropriate that is homophobia cut and dry period end of sentence
1: that's so true and what's interesting too is like with this force of like don't talk about this. And this is bad. They're what they're trying to prevent. What they're trying to prevent isn't actually like something that they can prevent. Cause like you said, like kids are born the way that they are. And also like from, from a perspective of someone, like when I was a kid, anything that I wasn't allowed to do, I wanted to do that thing. So right. like, So, for example, like I remember my uh, step grandmother telling me at one point, she told me that if I ever saw another woman naked, that I would go blind. And I don't know, it's like oh my god. <laughs> she told me that, and I was maybe ten or something, and the thought of like looking at another woman naked like hadn't even crossed my mind. But when she told me that I would go blind, I'm like, I want to see now to see if I go blind or not.
0: <laughs> but like, it's, it's. That is amazing. I, I can confirm that that's not true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it's very interesting to see how adults own fears. What comes up say, in this space? Okay. The, mm-hmm. the internet is like delayed, so like I'm hearing my voice as an echo, so that's why I'm speaking slowly. Um, so yeah, with this You're don't okay. say with this don't say gay bill, the educators and conservatives like they're afraid of something. And with the example I brought up, like my step grandmother was afraid of something because of the culture. Yeah, she the came example from. I brought up, like my step grandmother was afraid of
0: something. Right right it's and for you but you know it's so in- <laughs> it's interesting because i don't even like the word homophobia because it essentially means you're afraid of queer people mm-hmm. and it's like you know what is there i don't think it's so much a fear as it is like a hatred and a disdain mm-hmm. and a lack of acceptance yeah. it's not like you're afraid know where we don't have cooties um some people think that we do some people think we can turn you gay we can't we don't want to we don't want you in our club um but part of what's so um so detrimental too about this bill is that it also um you know they're trying to ban certain literature and certain books about that might have queer plot lines or even you know um uh, stuff along those lines, and there is like a list of um, books have been banned since, you know hundred, hundreds of years. And um, now they're trying to ban books that have like queer content. And again, it's yeah. just so frustrating because you know, you want this freedom of speech. you want all of these rights, and because of those rights that these conservatives want people can go out into the world and make queer content and books and shows and educational programs and whatever it may be but they're saying oh we only want this freedom when it's what the message and agenda we want to push and we want our kids to turn into and it's like a kid should be able to walk into a library at school and maybe they're struggling with their sexuality. Maybe they, you know, there's a book called I Am Jazz um, and it's about like a, a trans kid. And, you know, a kid should be able to walk into their library and, and read that book, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's not harmful. And right, it's like we're banning books, we're banning queer content, Um, let people walk into our kids' schools with guns and murder them. Oh, my God, yeah. Where is the control? Yeah. Where's the worry about that? Mm-hmm. There are no mass yeah. queer people taking lives, grooming them, ruining them. Whereas yeah. there are actual problems that are impacting yeah. kids. We don't have, we have a lack of formula right now. We have AR 15s ra- ravaging throughout the country. And mm-hmm. it's like, do you actually care about the kids and mm-hmm. their safety and their well being? Or do you just care about your political agenda and your straight cis ego?
1: Yeah, and and speaking of that too, of not caring about the kids, like they're doing what they can yeah, also and, to- Yeah, and speaking of that too, of not caring about the kids. My voice keeps echoing. <laughs> it's so confusing to my brain. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? I was going to bring up the Roe v. Wade, how they're doing what they can to have- even more children in this system that like I'm gonna I'm gonna call it disempowered because in my opinion if like if a baby is brought into this world whose parents like didn't actually want them or wasn't emotionally ready for them or whatever the situation is every situation is different but they were forced to become parents because now where they live, it's illegal to have an abortion and it's illegal to like drive to a different state where it's legal and like, go get what you get, get the, get the uh, medical services that you need. Kids feel that.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's again, it goes back to the hypocrisy and the agenda because it's just like you you want to control women's bodies or, or people with with people with the uteruses bodies and you want to control how bringing children into this world but then when they get here you're forcing all this stuff on them and you're not protecting them. You're saying every child has to come into this world, but we're not going to provide them with, with the tools, with the education, with the safety that they need to thrive in this world. And that is so wrong on so, so, so many levels. And, and then it's like, you know, there are so many kids in, you know, the foster care system. And it's like, well, they don't care about those kids. You know, they just care about, you know, the fresh, Mm -hmm. the fresh white baby into this world. And Mm -hmm. it's really a double standard that is frustrating.
1: Yeah. And those like the foster care systems and adoption agencies, they're profiting off of these children that are within the system. And that's probably exactly why like that is probably one of the reasons why behind, oh, this echo is so annoying. <laughs> I hope that this audio is like good. <laughs> um, but that's pro- probably one of the reasons why they they wanted to overturn this bill. And what's interesting to bring this, to like relate this to the top, to our topic and our, okay, echo stopped. <laughs> To bring this to um pride and lgbtq and how the really like bones bare bones of roe v wade is this like our privacy being taken away and like the government having a say in what we're doing with our bodies and what we're doing in our bedrooms and like the choices we're making with with our own like autonomy to create our life and to create families or not. So yeah, I, I, th- I think not enough people are talking about or not enough people at least know about like what this can lead to within the LGBTQIA plus community of like Roe v. Wade being overturned.
0: Yeah, sure. So essentially, obviously Roe v. Wade being overturned would be so detrimental for for so many, so many reasons. And we we just touched a little bit on that. Um, But another reason that it's so scary is because so essentially in the constitution, um, which like so many thoughts about the constitution, why are we still (laughs) listening to every line that was written hundreds of years ago by white, old white (laughs) men um, that like drove horse and buggies and like have had no, idea that our society would evolve the way that it has um but under the precedent of of the constitution so under the constitution you know it doesn't say anything about you know a right to an abortion or the right to your body it doesn't say anything about gay marriage and so a lot of conservatives, a lot of the agenda, agenda, a lot of people who are, you know, like constitutionalists who believe that we should be following exactly what's written in the Constitution um, says that, you know, uh, we, can't, we can't make this legal. We can't allow this because it, it goes against the Constitution. It isn't in the Constitution. And that's just crazy to me. It's crazy to me because if, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, um, gay marriages is, is right next because they're essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. They're essentially, they are both two things that, like you said, are into our private lives, our, mm-hmm. our, uh, private, our bedrooms, our, our bodies our whatever. Mm-hmm. And because it's not in the fine lines of the constitution that leaves it subjected to unfortunately being questioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's extremely dangerous, you know, it's extremely, extremely dangerous for so many reasons um, because it's, you know, even I gave you an example uh, yesterday. It's like I was watching an old episode of, of TV from the early 2000s um, before gay marriage was legalized. I don't know what state that they were in, but, um, you know, a woman was moved to tears because she was like, if, if my partner you know, gets injured or goes to the hospital or something happens, like, because I'm not legally bound to her, like, I have no rights. I'm not her next of kin. I can't be her emergency, whatever it is. And it that is just so dehumanizing on yeah. so many levels to be told by, by the country that you live in, that the way that you love your relationship doesn't exist, isn't valid, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's flabbergasting to me. It's just flabbergasting Mm. that we have come so far and we legalized gay marriage and we have Roe v. Wade, but that there are people in this world who think that both of those things are so bad, so detrimental, so wrong that they want to undo them. That's what's yeah. scary. The fact that we can take so many steps backwards.
1: Yeah, that is scary. And what's crazy too, is like on the other side of the spectrum, it gives I'm going to take my headphones off. So I don't hear my echo. I think that'll be the solution. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so on the other side of the spectrum, like the, the more liberal side, I feel like that What's interesting is that gives freedom for like everyone to live life how they want. For example, something that I always like to think about is like being pro-choice pro-life fits under that because you get to make your own choice. But if, if on the other side, the, the side of like being pro-life, like your decision is made for you. And, um, same thing with like everything we've been talking about, like, if you're going to take away the rights of teachers to answer kids questions if it's on a certain topic like you're taking you're taking away the child's own expression and voice based on based on of the like that interaction that they're having with their instructor of like you can't ask me about why this prince married that prince like i saw a, there was a children's book that i read once when i lived when i worked in a daycare where a prince like falls in love with another prince. I thought it was so cute. But like if a if a child like has that at home and like asks their teacher about it and they're going to get reprimanded like that. It's just wild. It like creates this unnecessary trauma and this is going down a whole rabbit hole, but I feel like that's all intentional because the more traumatized we are, the more things going to want to buy to fill this void in our in our souls and the better we are at keeping this like train of capitalism and consumerism going
0: (laughs) right right and it's just you know so interesting that um republicans conservatives are the first people that want the government out of everything They think that, you know, liberals are trying to be socialists Mm. and communists and trying to be so involved and so hands-on, but then they're the ones putting their hands around people's necks.
1: They're they're the ones
0: controlling people's bodies. They're the ones saying who you can and can't marry. So they only want hands-off their guns, their freedoms, their heteronormative society, their ideal world. And it's, I think it's, that's, what's frustrating to me as a queer person and probably a lot of queer people and people of color and, or any group that, um, is, is marginalized. It's just like, it's the hypocrisy and it's the fact that they don't practice what they preach. Um, they just use their power to continue to oppress groups of people. And yeah. it's not, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not human. Um, and you know, if you want to talk about the constitution, you know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness involves having bodily autonomy, autonomy. Yeah. It involves loving who you want to love. It involves, whatever happens in yeah. your bedroom stays in your bedroom it involves so many other things it involves mm-hmm. education It involves um exploration like mm-hmm. the pursuit of happiness if that's what we care about if we care about the constitution then why are we trying to put laws into effect and control people so that they're not happy mm-hmm. doesn't make
1: sense yeah it doesn't make sense And they'll they'll use like wording, like my body, my choice, when it comes to like, (laughs) with the pandemic, like wearing a mask or getting, getting a a vaccine or something. But then when it comes to abortion, like we say my body, my choice, and they're like, no, we make the decision for you. Like it it definitely is the hypocrisy.
0: (laughs) Hold on. Let me get my video back. Okay, here we are. We're back. We are back. Um, so I think I gave you yesterday we talked a little bit about um, I just saw this amazing um, amazing uh, post on Instagram yesterday and it was a a gay male student in in Florida and he was giving some type of graduation speech uh, the curly hair right yeah so he essentially Um, his administration told him that if he talked about being gay, um, he would, um, they would cut the microphone. They would not listen to him talk. They would stop his speech. And so instead of talking about being gay, being queer, he used like curly hair. And so he said, you know, I have curly hair and, um, you know, I met other curly haired people here and I had curly haired teachers that supported me and made me feel not alone. And, it can be hard to have curly hair in Florida's humid environment. And it was really powerful. And um, that's why this matters. That's why when people are like, oh, that won't pass or don't worry about it. Or if it does, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, The don't say gay bill is a big deal. Roe v. Wade is a big deal. The potential of gay marriage being reversed is a big deal. Mm-hmm. These are big uh-huh. deals. These are, are life or death for some people, you know, like, queer kids don't see themselves represented in school they can't talk about themselves their family I mean that means if a kid goes to school and has queer parents they can't talk about their moms their dads like that is just so heartbreaking yeah and when you don't see yourself represented it leads it goes back to the Trevor project it leads to higher depression mental health issues suicide rates Mm -hmm. um And again, it goes back to if we were trying to protect these kids, if we cared about them, if we wanted them to be safe, happy and healthy, we wouldn't be putting them at at risk to to potentially, you know, spiral down a a rabbit hole um, if they don't turn into the people that, you know, conservative lawmakers want them to be.
1: Yeah. I wonder, too, if it's like so... most of the conservative lawmakers fall into this like old narrative of like really old traditions that have kind of been like Mm -hmm. feathering out and, you know, not really being carried on by like newer generations, millennials and and Gen Zers. And I wonder if like a, a huge part of this is like them being scared that like, you know, like they're a minority now and because that's
0: a hundred percent part of it that's a hundred percent people are genuinely people like that are genuinely afraid that white people will be a minority in like the next 10 years or so and like that terrifies them
1: and I don't know why because like what's the problem
0: right and like also like remember when you came here and like stole land and stole Mm -hmm. this country from from Native Americans like you didn't even don't you came here second and It's just so scary how people don't see the correlation. I don't want to make a huge jump. And obviously it's different, but like Hitler and Nazi Germany, like looking for like one pure race, like if you're so afraid that white cis people are going to be the minority, like who cares? Everyone else has been the minority for hundreds of years and we turned out all right. We're still here. We're still fighting, like make some room at the table. We don't want to overtake you or overthrow you like we just want to be equal with you
1: yeah and Hitler also was hypocritical because he didn't even have blonde hair and blue eyes like what he said was (laughs) but all of this can really tie back to this like yogic way of looking at the world and yeah it's almost it's almost comical of how distracted human beings are Of Mm -hmm. using external, like this human, these human meat suits that we wear, using that to like judge whether or not someone is good enough, worthy of rights, worthy Mm -hmm. of um, a nice place to live, worthy of happiness, and all that stuff. We're distracted by all of that when really down to the essence, we're all the exact same like you and I are the same as all these conservative lawmakers at the deep core level. Like they have the same thing in their core that we have, but we're just pinned against each other and fighting. And it's, it's really stupid. And that, that makes me wonder what's actually going on this whole time. Like this whole time that Roe v. Wade has been in the news and, and, there's a school shooting that just happened a few days ago, like this whole time where all these big things are happening. What's actually like, what's actually being passed and like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Right. You know,
0: it's, it's a lot. It's scary. And, you know, relating back to the yoga, you know, I am not subtle. I don't know if you've gotten that over the last <laughs> <laughs> the last couple hours spent together, but I and I, I talked about it in you know part one about how I think that I, I when I was eighteen I I was forced to register as a Republican, mm. um, and I uh you know I was made to be and feel a certain way, and now I think I owe it to myself to to speak up to be loud Mm. and you know I post on my social media I share links I repost posts I do all this stuff and I've been challenged or told or um asked as as a yoga teacher you know I should be more palatable Mm. I you said this in your stories once I remember yeah I should be more palatable I shouldn't be so political I'm gonna turn students away um, And to that, I literally say, fuck you. To that, I literally say, middle fingers up. I literally, if you don't want to come to my yoga class because of who I am, of my politics, of my beliefs in this world, that everyone deserves equal rights, that people should have rights to their bodies, that kids shouldn't be shot in schools, that um, anyone should be able to marry who they want, that... Um, everyone should have healthcare and rights, whatever it is. If, if you don't want to come to my yoga class because of that, fantastic. Because I wouldn't want you there because you're not actually practicing yoga.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's just frustrating because, you know, there probably are people that that don't like me or don't come to my class or think that I'm crazy or a radical leftist or whatever, but I feel strong in the fact I have studied yoga I have read the texts. I have analyzed it. I have talked to other people about it. And there's no avoiding the fact that at the root of yoga, at the root of all the fancy poses that you want to do and be in your Lululemon leggings, (laughs) if you are not a good person, if you are not kind, if you do not support all different walks of life, all rights for everyone, then you are not practicing yoga mm. and you are not living a yogic life.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, people will want to disagree with me and that is fine. You are entitled to your own opinion, but to people who do challenge that, I would invite you to read the Bhagavad Gita, which is um, like the, the Hindu text about, um, you know, Arjuna, the main character uh, in the book, he's trying to find his Dharma, mm-hmm. his life's purpose. And, and, he's trying he you know one of the quotes from the book is it's better to live uh to to do your dharma imperfectly than to do another man's well
1: yeah
0: so why should people be out here pretending to be something different trying to fit into a mold um when that's not who they were born to be and the life that they were meant to to create um, and I would invite people to look again at the yamas and niyamas and the roots of yoga and read the yoga. I mean, the yoga sutras is a bit dense, but read a yoga book, read a, a philosophy book, read read something, do research and not the kind of research where you think you know more than the, the CDC or scientists <laughs> or immune specialists. Like do actual like research about the root and the meaning of, of yoga because um, I promise that it correlates with human rights yeah. in all shapes and forms.
1: For sure. And that's exactly why the world needs yoga. Like, that's why yoga teachers exist. Like, I'm not sure about you, but when I went through yoga teacher training, I didn't intend on ever becoming an instructor. I just went to learn more mm. about yoga. And when I went through it, I was like, holy shit, like this is what can cure the world of all all Mm -hmm. of this unnecessary shit that we're creating you know and like even what you said about like how people uh shouldn't be fitting molds like the way that this this agenda of like being hateful and like only like only this one path is right Mm -hmm. has been kept alive by generations and generations of like adults fearing their children into following and even like if you want to take it even deeper to like christianity like there's so much fear in christianity and
0: catholicism
1: that it's (laughs) just like
0: i am i was raised catholic and i uh i averted out of that as fast as i possibly could um well it's just because so i I don't want to shit on on all religions and i don't pretend to know a lot about religion, but I do. I was raised Catholic and I do know a, a decent amount about Buddhism and Hinduism because of, of yoga and because I, I resonate a lot more with Buddhism yeah. and Hinduism because their principles are really about pe- being happy and finding happiness and finding enlightenment and being a good person, which I, I resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember sitting in my CCD. I don't even know what that actually stands for. I called it cruel child discipline, <laughs> um, but it's a type of Catholic uh schooling okay and I remember sitting there in a room full of like 50 kids and it was right before my confirmation so maybe 13 14 and I didn't know that I was gay but you know probably in the back of my head yeah and I remember sitting there and the guy in charge he was like if you're gay, if you have sex before marriage if you get an abortion if you get divorced you're going to hell oh my god in a room of 50 kids and so I'm not good at math I don't pretend to be but statistically, like one fourth of people in that room not only are queer, queer. Let's say one fourth of the people in the, that room grow up to to be recognized that they're queer, but at least every person in that room probably had an experience with one of those things yeah. that you listed. Yeah. And I remember raising my hand, and I said I thought that God was supposed to love everyone, and I got in trouble, <gasps> and He didn't answer my question. And that's what's so frustrating about creating this place of shame, of sin, yeah. of hell. You know, there's conversion therapy, mm. which is disgusting.
1: Yeah.
0: In um, But it's like, you know, in the age and like you said, you know, um, in the age of Trump, you know, we had someone who was standing in front of leading the country spewing this hatred. Spewing that it was okay mm-hmm. to demean people and dehumanize and demoralize people. And there are little and- boys
1: who saw that and who uh, probably idolize him and want to be just like him. There are people in this world who share his same beliefs who probably felt the need to be like a little bit quieter about what they're believing because um, of all this like progress that we've made recently. But then when he was there, The message was, it's okay to be hateful. It's okay to say things like grab her by the pussy. Like, I can't believe that we had a president that could say that with no- Who
0: made fun of a special needs person on.
1: There's so many things. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) There's so many things and it's so problematic. And, you know, people will say, well, like, he says stupid shit. Like, it's fine. Like, I just support his politics. That is part of his politics. Yes. You can't separate yeah. the things that he says, the causes he supports and doesn't support, um, with with whatever. You can't separate his stance on taxes or the Middle East from gay marriage and Roe v. Wade. Like you, you can't separate it mm-hmm. because while it might not impact you, and this is a conversation I had with a lot of people, or I try to have, it's like just because it might not matter to you. It matters to someone that you care about. Yeah. And if you do truly yeah. love and care about that person, I said this to people in my life, if you love and care about me, yeah, you won't vote for this person. And yeah. when you think about 2024, I drive around and I see Trump DeSantis flags. And that makes oh me want to throw up because Ron DeSantis is the one in Florida with the don't say gay bill. Oh, my gosh. So. It's just so alarming that even after, you know, you feel like you're in the clear, these people still have fuel and energy yeah. and hatred and whatever in them. And, and they still think that they love they still think they won the election. And it's just so scary. It's so scary to be different. And still in 2022, it's scary to be a person of color. It's, scared to, it's scary to be queer. It's scary to be disabled. It's scary to be impoverished. It is scary to live in a world where all the odds are stacked against you. Mm -hmm.
1: So what do you think we should do? Also another, another random thought before I, before I give you this question, I think because of all this, I wish there could be this, but like Even if it did exist, there'd be a way for people to cheat on it. But I wish that there was some sort of like empathy test that people in government (laughs) had to pass to, to be able to lead people because like when it comes to people like Trump, I don't support him at all. But because of because of my own deep diving into spirituality and healing and stuff, I have a lot of compassion for him only because I s- genuinely see him as a hurt child. And like, I, I read this, um, I read this like biography that was written by like his niece or something.
0: Yes. And I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: It's really good. And like hearing about like how his father was and stuff and seeing like, Oh, that's why he's like this, but not that that gives him a pass whatsoever. No, mm-hmm. but that's why I think that there needs to be some sort of like empathy and like maybe in government, if we can be able to bring mindfulness into it by like forcing everyone to like meditate and do breath work and have some sort of a practice so that we can disconnect from our ego. Because that, I think that's the problem, especially with someone like Trump is he's just an gigantic ego and he's so identified with his ego but he's not that ego mm-hmm. he just doesn't know that he's not that e- ego and it's like he's so old too that it's like it's a lost cause like I don't think he could ever maybe if he ate a bunch of mushrooms I don't know
0: <laughs> you know like well it's like the saying like hurt people hurt
1: people yeah exactly exact it's, it's exactly that
0: and it's like um yeah, like, I try, like, the people in my own life that have, you know, made me feel some type of way or been homophobic to me, like, I do try, it's hard, it's very hard work to yeah. find compassion or empathy or, or whatever, Um, but I think, yeah, I think that as a society, you know, some people think that yoga is crazy, some people think it's woo-woo and whatever, and, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, but People need to do more introspective work. People need to do more self-work. People need Mm -hmm. to realize their biases, conscious or unconscious. Yeah. People need to realize their traumas. People need to realize their privilege. People need to do the work within themselves so they can understand how to interact with the world and the people around them better and more compassionately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when we can do that, we can be able to be better voters, like- I have a friend who shared with me um, her like way of voting and how she says that she like puts herself in the shoes of like certain bills and like who can, Mm -hmm. who it can affect. And like, she like takes herself out of it. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Like, that's how you should do it.
0: Right. It's important. It's because it's not just about you. It's not just about you. And I think that, and again, that's at the, the root of yoga, you know, being kind to everyone, you know, supporting everyone, yeah. love, compassion. Um, it's like, well, even if you want to, if you want to rope Christianity into it, if you want to say love thy neighbor. Yeah. Like, why Dude, don't we should have, have a whole nother
1: episode. <laughs> Maybe we can like do another episode like next month or something where we talk about. <laughs> Christianity and Catholicism and
0: yeah that would be a huge
1: rabbit hole and I've loved this I love how like um something is coming to me that like a coach said to me a few months ago of like don't be afraid to be polarizing and I know you're not afraid of that because like you've mentioned (laughs) your but like I've I've never had a podcast episode on here where I'm sharing my political stuff or about i Mm -hmm don't really post that stuff on my business page. Mm -hmm. Like I'll post it on my personal page, but not really on my business page. So yeah. Thank you for like bringing that to this space because it's important stuff to share.
0: Yeah. I think that it is important. And I think the more we talk about it and the more and listen, you know, to people listening or that might not agree, like I'm not trying to come from a place of, of anger. I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm trying to, we're trying, it's an open dialogue and I just, my invitation would be to just take a step back, to take a step out of your own shoes and to realize like for someone like me, I'm 25, I'm gay, I'm currently in a relationship and to think about the fact that like this could impact like my future, like if I'm able to get married if I so choose to want to get married. Um, you know, if I'm able to do so many things in this world, if, if it's going to be a more hostile place and it's like, if you don't know me and you don't care about me, that's fine. But you might have a brother or a sister, niece, yeah. nephew, student. Mm-hmm. There's just so many people and, and think about the people in your life and who they are and how the policies and the people that you support, how does that impact them? And, and if you think about that and, and nothing changes, then, you know, okay, to each their own, you know, I can't force anyone to feel any type of way, but I think at least is an important practice to try that I would challenge people who maybe disagree to, to think why and to challenge why, why do you care so much? Why does it matter to you if queer people marry each other? Yeah. Why does it matter to you if someone has an abortion yeah. that has nothing to do with you? Why does it matter to you that there's education on LGBTQ plus communities in school? Because I challenge you to find an answer that isn't rooted in sexism, racism, homophobia, um, yeah. oppression, I challenge you to find an answer. And if it is, if those are one of the answers, you know, why did you grow up in a conservative place? Did you have a homophobic upbringing? Did you grow up in a predominantly white community? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ask yourself why you are the way that you are and what formed your belief system because it's never too late to challenge it and to undo it. And to learn, we are constantly learning and unlearning as human beings. And I had to unlearn so much of the belief system that was forced onto me and step into my own belief system. And it wasn't easy, it was scary, it was challenging, it was overwhelming, it burned some bridges. But now I'm in a place where I know that what I believe is entirely my own standing, entirely how I feel and how I believe the world should be yeah and I honestly I feel really badly for people that can't form those opinions on their own who just listen to what their parents family society someone on the news tells them because if you're gonna take a stance at least at least know what you're standing for
1: yeah exactly and sometimes like bringing it back to the fear piece like Like I can think of some people in my life who are conservative, who are like family or like friends that like I've known for a long time that feel more like family and they're still following these like outdated beliefs because their parents are financially supporting them.
0: You know,
1: it's a huge one.
0: That's a doozy. (laughs) That is a doozy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's. And it's like, at what cost? Yeah. Like, is, I don't know, I, you know, is that money worth sacrificing your morals? Yeah, it's not. I can't answer it for you, but my answer would and is no.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, there are, I, um, someone asked me this question. I got into a lot of arguments during the, um, during the election with family members because, they thought it was really offensive what I was posting about Trump and conservatives and Republicans. And I was like, okay, you know, you're entitled to your feelings about that. But again, I would invite you to imagine how I feel that if you're offended by what I'm saying about this crusty old Cheeto man, (laughs) like how I feel about what he's saying, what he's perpetrating about myself and my community and the people that I care about and the way that I live my life. And the question that was posed to me was, what about your people that voted for him? Meaning the small percentage, I think it's around 12%. You can fact check me. Yeah. me. Um, but it's a small percentage of LGBTQ people who did vote for Trump, who identify as a Republican, conservative, whatever. And obviously I'm not going to generalize, yeah. um, but I would say that I've met people like that. And, you know, I think it's twofold. I think part of it is, they might be too afraid to come up under the foot or the thumb of their upbringing
1: yeah.
0: Uh, or the fact that they have so much internalized homophobia that they might even be afraid to come out or they might be afraid they have been so conditioned to hate themselves that they vote for lawmakers that that reflect that mm-hmm. and that is so devastating yeah um it is so devastating that even though the proof is in the pudding, that there is still a, a well, it be small, but still a percentage of the LGBTQ plus community who is still voting in a way that doesn't benefit them because of whatever trauma or upbringing or um, or a plethora of other things and. And I I found that infuriating because I was just like, whew, like, <laughs> where do you even yeah? What do you even say to that? Where do you even begin? Um, but again, it goes back to the empathy and the compassion. And I I'm always open to to hearing other perspectives and to having conversations. But I think for me, there's just a really thick line where it's not just politics. We can't still be friends. We can't, if you vote, if you disagree with my existence, then that is offensive to me. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that's that, you know, I, I think that a lot of queer people or a lot of minority or oppressed groups are expected to still act decent and be kind to Mm. people to people who oppress them and marginalize them and abuse them Um, for their own
1: for their own safety right
0: because there's a Mm -hmm. yeah
1: because it's scary to be themselves and even like Mm -hmm. anyone anyone at all who's voting on a more conservative um, side like that's not even helping them to have these people lead like if you really look at that from a deep level because these people are perpetuating and allowing these groups of people who don't do the introspective work, don't do the inner work, don't like actually sit there and and grow and liberate themselves. Because here, here is um, here are people. Who are leading the world who aren't doing that themselves so as we vote for them like that just cycle continues it's almost like if you look at if you look at the whole history of america you can kind of relate it, relate it to like inherited child uh not child inherited family trauma of their there's yes. these like patterns that have kept on going and like you mentioned earlier about like hey look at how the country even started you know like on the backs of minorities and And bringing in like the yoga and like even like energy and like karma and stuff like it's almost it almost seems fair that we're heading in this direction of this big group that was so powerful and so overbearing and so forceful is starting to like shrink down. Mm -hmm. Because that's like that's their own like that's what they created, you know, if they if they would have chose to lead in a different way that like we wouldn't have all this, all this, all this stuff that they're fighting against, they created. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, they're creating <laughs> right. their own suffering. <laughs> yep. And they, th- they yep. think it's like, no, it's LGBTQIA plus people. It's women. Mm-hmm. It's people who are of this religion. It's people who are of this race. No, 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 no. Take the finger you, and point the- it at yourself.
0: Yeah. It's easier to point the finger than it is to look in the mirror.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed this. And
0: (laughs) yes, me too. Me too. This was
1: fun to just like flow and talk about like very polarizing topics. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I would encourage people. There's petitions going around about the don't say gay bill. There's materials like seek it out like educate Mm -hmm. yourselves about it like read on it because it's literally horrible yeah um and if you think that it doesn't impact you again think about people in your life that it could impact and um like lead with your heart like lead with your heart and have compassion and empathy for all the different types of people that there are in this world and you know America used to used to portray itself as the greatest country in the world okay. this country of freedom and and it's just like if America wants to live up to all the hype all the, all the things that some people believe to be true and say it's just like we have some work to do and there's nothing wrong with having work to do uh, but you know it's important work that needs to be done and it's not you know, this country isn't based on freedom until everyone has the same freedom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we stop our recording?
0: <laughs> um, I just be intentional, be kind, um, educate your kids, have conversations mm, with your kids, because yeah. who knows if they will be getting them in school or not. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's so important. I think that I would have struggled so much less if I had known it would have been okay Mm. to be queer from a young age. If I had known queer people in my life, if I had had access to queer material, um, my life would have been so different. Um, And I still got here and it's great and I'm happy, but I, I think that we have an opportunity now to change things for the better and not for the worse. Um, And I hope that we see that come to fruition.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at self And that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.